0: And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowzer Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called The Christian Journey. First, Christian Chaos Part 7. (laughs) Wow. A tale of two cities, a tale of three kings, a tale of four Jews. That's the ticker, and here we go. Four Jewish Christians, all from the same city in Detroit, Michigan, all living in the same neighborhood, two of which were and still are best friends, all saying yes to Jesus within 30 days of each other, and all on fire for Jesus Christ. After that, we were all known as the four musketeers. Next up, it was time for the Lord to begin rebuilding the broken David Spoon. This, of course, would take a significant amount of time, but one miracle at a time would bring me face to face with God's truth. And the grand prize of God's truth is that it sets you free. We become instantly free and free over time as well. The first thing would be to determine the where God wanted me. Talked about that a couple weeks back. Fortuitous was the method of travel. All of this was a part of the plan, especially the first significant miracle that manifested the faithfulness of God. After that miraculous moment in Gunnison, I decided to push on to Georgetown, Colorado. Just so happened that Billy visited me a few weeks later, and his car took a nosedive. The mechanic... Let me drive the car to Denver to pick up the part. Do you know how that they say that your life will flash before your eyes just before you die? Not so for this Jewish guy. I spoke in third tongues. (laughs) Do you know what third tongues is? Second tongues is from the Lord. Third tongues is from the flesh. Hello. And uh, then after that, skiing in Keystone in Silverthorne, Colorado, on the same run... I was on just a week later. That chairlift, that gondola that I was on, snapped. Two people died, 49 injured. I figured out that if God had two chances to kill me, they were right there. But he didn't use either one. So there must be more to do for his kingdom. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. And in this teaching, you're here about surviving a little bit. <laughs> Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and the way they... So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at he dot org. That's david at he dot org. You can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. It's 214 210 Or you can call us during the show. That's fun too. 972 445 0770. That's 972 445 0770. When you make that call, guess what? You'll be talking to Dynamite D. Hello,
1: lucky person. You got the number right because you are talking to Kid A Dynamite.
0: Let me tell you what it's like when you talk to Dynamite D. That's like getting free coins for an awesome massage chair. There you go. Just go, go, just, just drop them in and go. It's the best thing ever, especially if you're older and going, boy, I really need this massage (laughs) chair. you're a little young to appreciate the fullness of it. Trust me. In about 20 years, you're going to be going, that guy was so nice to me. Anyway, bottom line is you might have a question, a comment, a thought. You might have something you want to share. We're open for that. We're not so stuck that we can't be moved in one direction or another. We don't ever want to be that way. We're going to do our best. I'm going to do my best to present some of the things that took place to me in my life. In the same time, though, you might have a prayer request. You might have a praise report. No fear in, oh, I don't want to redirect the show. Don't do that. Be yourself. Be a normal, regular you. And if you need prayer, let us know. If you've got a praise report, let us know. If you get got an answer to trivia, let us know. We'll all rejoice together, work it together, live it together, walk it together. Your first trivia question, by the way, is simply this. Which queen agreed that she and her maids would fast for 3 days and 3 nights who what queen was it that agreed that she and the people around her would do that if you think you know the answer you know i, I you just think i'd know the phone number by heart after giving it 9 trillion times but anyway you can call 972-445-0770 you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email david at he must I am going to pray for the audience, and I want to pray and include Rosalind in this because she's one of the people that helped actually initiate me to start sharing this Christian chaos, which I think is cool. And as you know, she was in the hospital. I don't know if she's still in there. I hope she's not. Uh, She was doing, feeling, doing better, but I want us to pray for her just as people. So let's just do it as her brothers and sisters, praying for her and others as well. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you. We lift up Rosalind to you. We ask you to touch her body physically and give her strength and encouragement that, Lord, sometimes when you go through surgeries, I, I know a person there's blues, there's discouragement and depression. We ask you just to blow that out of her heart and mind and pour in yourself that might she might know the comfort that comes from you. We ask you to bless her and everybody who can hear us. We want them to be touched by you. We really, really want to rejoice with one another. Teach us to do so. Show us your power. Show us your grace. Show us your mercy and show us your compassion because we need that more than anything else. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so we got that rolling. Wanted to pray for her, blessing to do so. Uh, your trivia question one more time, then I'll get into the story. And pff, you guys are going to hear, you're just going to, uh, you're really going to need to pray for me. Anyway, which queen agreed that she and her and her maids would fast for three days and nights? The answers are coming in. People are doing a good job. But if you think you know and you want to do text or send an email or call to call 972-445-0770 to text 214 210 or to send an email, david at org. So we pick it up from last week on Christian Chaos. Not last week, but the last time I talked about it. And that was when I was in uh, Gunnison uh, in Colorado. And the preacher who's a uh, 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 assembly guy preacher stopped. And pointed me out and said, young man, you'll preach again. And, you know, that's when you have one of – that's one of those moments that you have that happen and you think, am I in this picture? Is this happening? Am I here? Like you ever, like, experience something, like, super crazy? Like one time I went to a baseball game and uh, a foul ball came in my direction. I put my hand out uh, to catch it and it hit my hand and fell on the ground. And then I was like, am I here? Is this real? (laughs) That was more of an embarrassment one, though. <laughs> I know. It hit me right in the hand. It's like, you think, you know, I didn't have to move an inch. It's like, wow, that's bad. Anyhow, we decided we would move on from Gunnison. So I'm trying to walk you guys through this. Remember, this is many moons ago. So I'm doing the best I can to, you know, some stories get better with the telling. Some stories get worse with the telling. I'm going to try and just walk it as close as I can to the situation. We – uh what what happened is once we were in Gunnison, I had decided that Georgetown – well, it was a collective decision – that Georgetown looked like the coolest. It wasn't directly in Denver. It was a little bit outside of Denver, so many miles. And we thought, uh, Georgetown, that's pretty cool. And by the way, I don't know if this is still true or not, but back then they had a pizza place there. <gasps> it was so good. It was incredible. Anyway, the the best supermarket, closest – to Georgetown at that time was a place called City Market in Silverthorne, Colorado. And for whatever reason, and don't you just know how the Lord goes in front of you? Do You know what I'm saying? Like you go somewhere and you think, wow, this is unusual favor or something is going on in my benefit or something's taking place. Uh upon arriving at City Market to get food and to uh, get, uh, you know, what we needed for us to be able to sustain, the City Market Manager, this young girl, well, she wasn't yet, she was probably my age, I guess, but but she was a, a, a lady, she married, just had a baby. We told the situation, we're you know on in flight trying to restart life, and she just took pity on us or something or I would almost say god just put it on her heart to be generous to us. Now keep in mind there's not a lot of resources going on here, there's not a lot taking place, limited funds, limited everything. And she was able to get us about $400 worth of stuff back then for about 75 bucks. Wow. That's back then. So, I mean, just think about how that works. And it's almost as like sometimes when the Lord does something, you know, you sit there and you wrestle with everything that's happened in your past. But when you're right there in the present, you just know, okay, God is doing this right now. That should teach us that he goes before us. It often doesn't because we, like many other great believers, tend to forget that God has done that. But this manager was a key component blessing that made a difference. And I don't think I even elaborated this on the book at all. She made a difference in in us just being able to initialize and to start and to move forward. And it was because of this person's compassion that we had an ability to have a more decent, fresh start. Just think about that. Here I am talking about this story 35 years later. The Lord knows who it is. I, 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 a couple of names go through my head, but I, I don't want to say them because I'm not positive that they're the name. But that, that blessing of that person, of that compassion, still blesses me. You see how powerful our actions can be? That's pretty cool stuff. All right. The only thing I'll tell you before we exit is the next thing on the docket is Billy came out for a visit. That's very important to the story. We'll exit here. The trivia question, by the way, is... Esther. Come on. You got to know it's Esther. It was Esther. Okay. Thank you, people. All right. We'll take a break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
1: This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us, since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to he must That's he must Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon. To give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience?
0: Jonathan and David were closely knit, and David made a commitment to Jonathan, and Jonathan said, I I want you to make sure you're not going to take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my uh, people, and David made that commitment. What I want you to get in 2 Samuel chapter 4 verse 4 is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan and he was crippled or he was lame, he couldn't walk properly, he couldn't, you know, function properly, he was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience, and just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it, the the auditorium seated like about five thousand, so it's like huge, right? And he looked at he looks around at everybody, and then he says this. He said, "You are Mephibosheth," and I was thinking, "What? <laughs> what?" and he goes you and he, you know i'm thinking in my mind but he's just he's preaching and he's a oh was he just one of the best preachers you are Mephibosheth. you are lame and unable to walk without help oh <laughs> welcome back to the David Spoon experience, thank you for joining us here at K-A-A-M-770, the truth station here in Texas. That's K-A-A-M-770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your next trivia question, not a difficult one, because we've done it before, and you think, well, why do you do a trivia question a second time? Just to make sure you get it. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, you can get as mad as you want. It's like, yeah, that's, why do you think the Lord puts you through multiple trials? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Same trial. Why? So that you get it. What does the word manna mean? What does the word manna mean? Okay. There you go. What does the word manna mean? Okay. Okay. I know. So you got to look at it. So it's okay. You think you know the answer? Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210. Sorry, yeah, two one four two one zero eight four eight three. Boy, I just, sometimes I just look at the numbers and they jump all over the place. And then uh, what's the other thing? Uh, David at he I'll get there. It takes it takes me a little time. By the way, uh, our little puppy uh, puppy was well, not really a puppy anymore. It's sixty three pounds and two years old now. But Bert is at the doctor, little doggy uh, hospital. But not it's not it's actually going pretty good. So we're we're comfortable. For for that, I, I yeah I think he gets something stuck in his paw like deep in it because he runs he's a super, super. We thought Levi was fast. this dog's really for this is the kind of dog that does would do the frisbee thing, super super fast. But we think in the backyard there's so much stuff there he got something in his paw we can't see it so we're hoping they'll be able to take it out. Okay, let me do this. Um, uh, that was, uh, uh, whoever just, just now texted excellent job. Let me just say that, that, that was the correct answer. We'll just wait. Uh, let me do the little fun stuff and then we'll do the rest of the story. Cause the story parts just, you're just going to go, that didn't happen. Like, yes, it did. <laughs> So just bear with me. Uh, two things. Two say. So this is uh, four one-liners. Two are together. Two are apart. Okay. The kids were fighting again and mother shouted. This is a joke for those that don't know it. The kids were shouting again and mother shouted from the kitchen where she was working. Stop that fighting. Haven't I told you to go by the golden rule? Yes, came a voice from the recreation room. But he did it unto me first. Do unto others as they'd have them do unto you. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh... This one, he thinks, just a little the way it said, Dear God, did you really mean do unto others as they do unto you? Because if you did, I'm really going to fix my brother. (laughs) That's so good. Uh, Okay, last two. uh, Disappointing thing about going the straight and the narrow path is that you so seldom meet anybody you know. That's a good one, too. And then finally, this, this was hilarious, probably the best of them. Notice in church bulletin, the church dinner was like heaven. Many we expected to see were absent. Tell me Jesus! <laughs> Good timing on that one, <laughs> Okay, let's get back to this. All right, trivia question, then we'll get into the story. What do you, this is just amazing. All right, now, What does the word manna mean? Okay, there you go. Manna, okay? What is the word manna? Mean, okay. No, it's not manifest. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's my answer. Okay. All right, folks. Some of you are going to have a hard time with this, and I am just going to do my best to tell you how it happened. And I'm not going to come off as spiritual as maybe one is supposed to on a Christian radio station, doing a Christian talk show, teaching, sharing testimony. Bible and so on and so forth If you really wanted a little more theological Expository teaching The first 30 minutes That's where you should have listened Okay, because this won't be that So my brother comes to visit us in Georgetown And uh, the car that uh, we had uh, Is, uh, took, uh, the one that he uh, gave me Took a little bit of a nosedive Okay, so uh, uh, It was his car that he lent me took a nosedive, so we went, now watch this, we went, now follow, follow, to a uh, mechanic in Georgetown, you have to understand that Georgetown is a very small town, it's, you know, several miles away, I don't know, 45 miles away from, from Denver, so they don't have a lot there, there was a part that was needed for the car, we convinced the mechanic to keep working on it, and that I would go and pick up the part. This is not a joke. This is me driving from Georgetown to Denver. Not that big a deal, right? Picking up a part that they would have, doing it for them, so they didn't have to do a part run, right? Makes sense. Not a problem. And we were going to use his car. He was very concerned about it, but I said, "We'll we'll cover the responsibility. You know, we'll we'll take the liability. We're we're willing to do that." Uh, I'm going to pause right there because somebody is calling in with the answer. But I want you to be aware that I'm about to tell you a story about me driving down to Denver in the mechanic's car. Okay, and that's where I want to leave it. Uh, is this an answer to the trivia? Okay, so let's go ahead and send them through. We'll let them answer the trivia, and then we'll go from there. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is George from the town. <laughs> Wait you hear this story, brother, this is one you haven't heard yet. I, I promise you, you Hey, are you talking about Georgetown, Washington DC? No, Georgetown, Colorado. Oh, okay. Do they have Colorado. Georgetown there too? Yeah, I, I don't know. Is there a Georgetown? I guess there is, isn't there? There is, right? Oh, okay. That's the one with Well, the you good were saying your team, right? car took a nosedive. Is no, that for the like was... submarine? <laughs> Just wait to hear what happens. I can't tell you anymore. You gotta wait to hear it. Yeah, because the uh, only submarine to have a nosedive in yep. the water. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear how that how that happened. What happened? <laughs> you're gonna go. Did that really happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so curious, like a George. Okay, um, uh, what does the word mana mean? What's that? That's exactly right, brother what is it what's that yeah that's exactly Uh, what is that (laughs) yeah and so we would we would say proper english would be what is it i have a feeling they all went what (laughs) like what you know what
1: is that what is that
0: exactly so as much as you want it to be bread it's actually it was a form of bread but that's not what it meant what manna meant was what is it so that's because that's that's what they were all asking when it appeared excellent job bro you okay? Thank you, thank you. Yes. Okay, listen up. I want you to hear this story. You'll love it. Okay? Yes, I'm um, I'm. going to stay here in Georgetown until this okay. story finishes. Okay, you got it. All right. Love you, brother. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so as a good friend, Samson. So I'm driving from Georgetown to Denver. Most of you would know this, right? You're Georgetown, Denver, okay. I think it's 45-ish miles. I mean, I'm just giving you kind of a ballpark. Here's the thing that I really need to explain to everybody. I had not yet lived in Flagstaff, Arizona. So what that means, what you what you need to understand in regards to this part of it, okay, is I wasn't well-versed in snow and ice. That's the way to say that. I'm driving down. Apparently, in Denver, they have this thing where every so often, because it's a mile high city, if it rains and then it gets cold, it's icy on the road. Is that? The, oh, that's what I hear. Yeah. That's, you know, it's like, really? Uh, I got my license in Phoenix. You know what we know about ice? Nothing. Okay. I'm driving down the road right now. I'm noticing that there's kind of a slippery thing going on. This is not a joke. None of this. I'm I'm heading. uh, I guess I'd be heading. Let's see, heading into Denver from Georgetown. So I guess in a sense I'm heading west. I think. Uh, So I'm heading towards Denver from Georgetown, and a couple of cars get kind of close to me, and so I, 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 you know, hit the brakes, and I notice that the car fishtails a little. Have you ever been in a car that fishtailed? Right, Then another car kind of swoops over in the lane in front of me. Apparently, these people all know how to drive on ice. But I don't. So you know what I do? I hit the brakes. It's instinctive, isn't it? Do you know what happens when you hit the brakes on ice when you're traveling 45 or 50 miles an hour? You lose control. (laughs) You lose control of a couple of different things. And I lost control, and if you've ever seen some of those movies like with uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles or any of those other movies where they show a car spin, I spun two rotations and ended up the wrong direction on the freeway but right up against the guardrail. So for those of you that think when you face those moments, do you think, well, you were probably, you know, uh, being very spiritual? That would be no. I was being very vocal to the Lord, telling him what I thought. But that wasn't the end of it. I think that was the fun part of it. Because about a minute later, while I am off the side of the road against a rail, a car comes towards me. And hits my car head on. The driver was drunk. Bam. Can I tell you the spiritual wordage I used when that car was six or seven feet away? None of which we can use because we would be massively fined. That's what happened. You can get mad at me. You can say whatever you want. It doesn't, that, that doesn't mean it. it doesn't mean anything. That's what happened. What had happened, the car that hit me, is the father had had way too much to drink and so he had his older son drive the car who had had something to drink and he fixated on the headlights as they were facing the wrong way and went straight for him and hit me, straight on. I was not wounded physically. Emotionally, I was a wreck I was very thankful that God did not wipe me out, though that was a great opportunity for him to wipe me out. I convinced the father so that the. i am just telling you what happened. I know this is—people are going to be—that was wrong. Listen, I was young. Leave me alone. I convinced the father to follow me back so that he could explain, help me drive behind me, and he could explain to the owner of the car what happened— And uh, that was only fair since his son was not going to go to jail for driving while drunk. Okay, I understand that's wrong. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not acknowledging that or anything like that. But that was the deal, the arrangement we made. That's what happened. That's not the story. The story is spinning on the freeway. That was super scary. But then having a car make a a nosedive for Samson, a nosedive right to you and hit you head on, that was a moment. I actually did think that was going to be it. It was not it. And then what the Lord would do, and you'll know this, I'll give you the time frame to this, is the Lord would show me yet again that he wasn't done with me. <laughs> this is another one that I haven't shared much about. We'll take our break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the True station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere
1: the david spoon experience
0: i'm not going to do an over overriding teaching that will uh, make the Baptists or the church of christ proud so neither one of your groups can be all excited about this because that's not the purpose of this uh here's where we're picking it up uh as uh verse 34 ends eunuch the eunuch uh asked philip what was isaiah talking about himself or someone else verse 35 from acts chapter uh nine uh or or chapter eight said philip says philip began with the same scripture, and then began to tell him about the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there is some water. Why can't I be baptized? So let's just stop right there. When Philip was explaining the gospel to the eunuch, he had to include... The understandings or the teachings of baptism or the eunuch never would have said, why can't I be baptized? He never would have said it, never would have come up unless Philip had brought that information to light. In multiple translations, it then says you can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus is. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is often known as believer's baptism. Some texts will show this in the footnote. I disagree that it should be reduced to the footnote. I think it's a part of the text. I would not fellowship with you over that. I just think it is a part of the text because he asks a very pointed question, and in this exchange, Philip is giving a very pointed answer. So he's like, well, well, well here, look, 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 there's some water. I, I want to be baptized. I want to respond to the gospel. I want to say yes. And Philip responds by saying, you can. You can get baptized. As long as you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you can be baptized, Now, why that's important is because this is the difference between many different groups about who can be baptized. Some people think, well, a child can be baptized. Yeah, but a child can't believe in Jesus. So then how can a child be baptized? That's the argument, okay? Those, again, those are not fellowship issues. Those are disagreements. You know, we've spent... I spent 10 minutes talking about understanding who's got the spirit of God and who doesn't have the spirit of God. When you have a difference of application of scripture, that that person's not a evil person, they're not some kind of demonic whatever. They see something different than you. Okay. They're genuinely in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is what redeems us. They are uh, acknowledging their heavenly Father, praying our Father who art down heaven. They drink of the same Holy Spirit. They come to a different conclusion. Yeah. What else is new? Does everybody think McDonald's is the best fast food? Are you kidding? There's only a few people. <laughs> Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM Seven Seventy, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's man Seven Seventy, the Truth Station here in Texas. I know many people are like, "Going, what? How did you go through all this?" This is this is only part of it. There's more to do, and I just want you to know this is why I'm a Christian <laughs> because. Not only do I believe that the word of God is absolutely true and that God created the universe and he can write a book. I don't have a problem if somebody's amillennial, premillennial or postmillennial. That's just silly. But not that, but God has saved me on multiple occasions. And that's a big part of understanding that there's more to do in the kingdom of God. Okay? More to do. It doesn't save you for nothing. Oh, I'm just bored. I'll save him. Uh, In the meantime, let's do this trivia question, a tougher one. I will tell you this. The answer is in the Old Testament, and the answer is one of the major prophets. Here is the question. Who wrote no priest is to drink wine when when he enters the inner court? who wrote, no priest is to drink wine when he enters the inner court. So the thing about that, to understand that, is that does not mean that priests cannot drink wine. That is not what it says. Do not try and say that's what it says. It does not say that. It says he can't be drinking wine and then going in to do his stuff. It's like, nah, that's not good. Right? You can't be. I'll just get a small buzz and then just go in. (laughs) That's, that's a very bad idea, okay? I'll just say that right there. Uh, in the meantime, if you think you know the answer, we're going to send you up to the website, so get ready for that. But in the meantime, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, and he must increase. We'll send you up to the website. Don't forget there's prayer and praise forms on there. You can keep them confidential, or you can have them where we bring them out to the public and share. It's entirely up to you, but they're on the website. Plus, on the website is a place to give, and we think that's important because we function off of donations. We live that way. You think, does that go very well for you and your jet? If I had a Jetta, I would be happy. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good line. Anyway, please go to he must org. Prayer request?
1: He must increase.org. Praise report? He must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. Uh
0: Strawberry quick in a blender. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's, it's just like, that's all I can come up with at the moment. Who wrote, no priest is to drink wine when he enters the inner court? Who said that? Major prophet. You should know that. If you don't know that, you don't really need to know that. You should just be aware of it. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at org. Let's do a little bit of history right now. Let's go live
1: in the past.
0: One of the things that I do want to start off by saying is it's Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. For those that do not know, Pearl Harbor was attacked by the Japanese Navy in 1941 on December 7th. I actually had the privilege in San Diego of talking to one of the remaining people that was alive at the time that it happened. And he told the story of how he got out, which was fascinating because the ship fell into the water, and he actually climbed up the gun, like the big gun thing that it had. He climbed that up to get up out of the water. Uh, But I just want to acknowledge that, that that's a very important element. Uh, It was a terrible experience for our country, and uh, just like every other time, whenever something super, super bad like that happens, boy, the country gets united in a hurry. Uh, It'd be nice if we could be united without some disaster taking place. Uh, Number two, today is National Cotton Candy Day, and I like cotton candy, so I don't have a problem with that. (laughs) Number three, today is David Spoon's Bar Mitzvah anniversary, because guess what? I was bar mitzvahed in 1974 in Detroit, Michigan on December 7th. I just thought i tell you that right now. Uh, One, two other things One, 1995, the Galileo, Galileo spacecraft arrived at Jupiter A little more than six years after it was launched That's in 1995 uh, Oh yeah, the blue marble picture You ever see the Earth and it looks like a blue marble? That came on this day, 1972 And then finally, 1963, first football instant replay CBS used instant replay And the announcer had to keep telling people That Army didn't score again It was a replay that's just so funny. I think that's hilarious. Oh, that's a good one. All right. All right. All right. You know the trivia question. Uh, one of the major prophets said, who wrote no priest is to drink wine when he enters the inner sanctuary? Let me get back to the story because some people want to hear it, and we will do our best to accommodate. So I'm telling you now that uh, I did not uh, die. <laughs> obviously uh, uh, when I had that experience. although I did think when I was spinning on the freeway, uh, at first you're just like you're just not even sure what is happening. I will I will tell you that 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 when you first start to spin, you're like, like what? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah and then and then when that car hit me, I thought I did think that was gonna be uh, bad. So not long after that, so for those of you that are trying to get some kind of time frame, uh this time frame would be in the same time frame the same year that the cha- the one of the challengers exploded uh, uh, uh upon uh I can't remember if it was Takeoff or another Christy uh the gal who was uh, uh the teacher uh they they had that big accident in the sky well this is what happened a few weeks after that experience happened to me on the freeway okay I went to I was in Silverthorne and uh, went to the ski resort in Silverthorne across the street from John Gardner's tennis ranch. So John Gardner is uh, so funny because they have a tennis ranch in Phoenix, Arizona, and they have one in Silverthorne, Colorado that's an indoor court, okay? So I went to Keystone. For those who are trying to figure out what's the what's the place, there was Keystone and Copper Mountain in Breckenridge. I went to Keystone, and I wasn't a great skier, but I wasn't a terrible skier. Okay, I, you know, I learned skiing in Detroit by my friends pushing me down a mountain. I mean, I had not taken a lesson. They, they pushed me on Boyne Highlands Mountain. They pushed me. By the time I got down to the bottom of the hill, I learned how to avoid people. That's how, that's how I learned to ski. It's was, was a classic. Like, look, Dave, what? Poof. Okay, that's how I learned. Okay. So I'd done uh, a large amount of skiing and kind of getting into it and uh, been to New Mexico skiing. So I'd done, I'd done some of it. And uh, I was skiing in Keystone. And there was a gondola on one of the runs. Uh, so if you know Keystone, you'll know that run. And then there was a, a lift by that same gondola. You take the lift, then you take the gondola, or vice right, versa, so I'm trying to remember. Well, anyway, I was on that run. And um, it, it was a, it's actually a really beautiful run of, if you're a ski uh, person. Very uh, uh, smooth, kind of like run from top to bottom kind of element. Took that run. That's fine. A week later, if you guys remember, I'm just saying this, a week later at Keystone, they had a chairlift snap and two people died and 49 people were injured. I was on that thing the week prior. And I sat there and I looked and I was like, nothing happened to me. There was nothing weird or anything like that. So I don't want to imply that. Don't Don't get the wrong impression. But what I want you to understand is, a week later, after you're on the run, that somebody goes on the same run, uses the same material, and then something happens to him. So what I had f- not figured out, but what I had kind of concluded is, remember, if you follow this story, there were a couple of times where I thought God was really gonna uh, re- was really mad at me. Because I had left the church and I had, you know, broken away and, you know, wasn't nice to the pastor kind of thing and and, uh, didn't think it was appropriate to, you know, give uh, somebody who's claiming to be a man of God the acknowledgement. So, you know, I took off, da-da-da-da-da. Um, and I knew there was a lot of things wrong going on anyway, but I still thought God was mad at me and that it was my job And then I would go back to King David's, you know his heart breaks when he, he cuts off the robe for, for Saul. I mean he could have killed him, but he didn't. okay. So then I thought, well, you got to be careful and so you're kind of in that fight. but when that when that accident happened at silver in, in uh, Keystone at Silverthorne, I recognized that is two opportunities within a month that if God wanted to kill me, I mean he could have killed me anytime. But if he was gonna kill me, that was right there. There he is. But he didn't. If he, he really had, the one on the road is the big one, right? But still, when you're sitting there looking at the news, looking at the run you took a week ago, and you're like going, "I was just on that thing." And then, so in my brain, in my heart, in my mind, I was like, "Lord, you know, if you were gonna take me out, I, you would have." I mean, I was, I'm there. I was there. But what the Lord was trying to teach me in the brokenness part is no matter how hard it was on what I came out of, and even no matter how close to uh, uh, or how close I thought I was to death or whatever the case may be, God will be done with me when God is done with me. And he will be done with you when he is done with you, and not one second later or before. In other words, you you don't get to sideline because you tell God I'm on the sidelines. That's not how the kingdom of God works. That's not even in the, in, in the book process. Here's what it is. The Lord is not done with you because when he is done with you, he'll take you and you'll go hang out with him forever. And I kept thinking that maybe God was seeking an opportunity, kind of like the Moses thing, seeking an opportunity, not that I was Moses, but seeking an opportunity maybe to kill me or whatever the case may be. And it dawned on me, if you were going to kill me, you'd have done it. That had been it. I mean, there's two instances, one straight on, one at a distance. And you know, all the Lord was teaching me is, I've got stuff for you to do. And I'd like you to stop focusing on you and your trauma and your drama and all the things around you, and you start focusing on me. To that point, God could have easily said, I've seen your ministry. How would you like to see mine? Right? That's well, not mine. I didn't write that line, That's, but it's a great line. And the Lord was showing me, let's get to work. We have stuff to do. I was like, okay, let's get to work. We have stuff to do, all right? All right. Uh, Who wrote, no priest is to drink wine when he enters the inner court? The answer is Ezekiel. Ezekiel. I'll give Joy Ann and Cordelia. They guessed, but it was a good guess. So nice job on there. Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
1: What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon experience, only for the brave of heart and the board. The David Spoon experience.
0: You should see Gabriel because he's he's just running everything. He has to run to this thing, run to this thing. It's great to see it because I just love that the Lord's bringing him in this way. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Yes, they are. So we're going to have them uh, come forward. Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello,
1: Dr. Spam. This is Deborah.
0: <laughs> Deborah. <laughs> Take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I hope you're getting a kick out of the show today. This is a fun one today. <laughs> All right. You ready? All right. Here you, this is a good one. Which. Of David's wives was described as very beautiful to look upon. Um, I believe it was Bathsheba. That is correct. You are right. Hey. Second Samuel chapter eleven, verse two. That's exactly what it says. Excellent job. By the way, how you doing, Deborah? How are things going for you?
1: Oh, good. Thank you. I'm doing a lot better, and, you know, things are going well.
0: Good. I'm glad to hear that. I want everybody to keep praying for Deborah. Don't stop praying for the audience. One of the things I came up to, with today when I was praying is everybody should be praying that the Lord would just help one another, help help the people, help the people. Lord. Yes, help the Yes,
1: I, I do pray that, and I do pray for the audience all the time. So. I,
0: I love it, and I love that you do that, and I love that you call in. And like I said, you are the best guesser we have ever had, so excellent job. You know, I always thought it was funny that David saw her bathing and her name was Bathsheba. I always thought that was funny. <laughs> <an opinion. laughs> That's so funny. I didn't even catch that. That's funny. He saw her bathing. Her name is Bathsheba. There you go. <laughs> I'm using oh, that. Y'all well, have a good day. God bless. <laughs>
1: Thanks. God bless. you when I need you the most. When I need you the most.
0: I never oh, need Welcome you back. Ever. To the David Spoon experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Oh, I'm just warning you. You are being warned. What is coming is just, oh, okay. Here's your trivia question. <laughs> uh, in which New Testament letter? Is it written, it's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that will cause your brother to fall? In which New Testament letter written by Paul is that found? Here is your only hint. It is probably the most significant theological book ever written. How about that? Ooh, ooh, Would you like that one? That's pretty good, isn't it? That's like that's like out of all of the twenty-seven books, this one's like, yaza. In which New Testament book? Which New Testament letter is it written? It's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that would cause your brother to fall. There you go. Good. Good recovery. That's all I'm going to say to that person. They know. Uh, <clears throat> if you think you know, 972 445 0770. You can also text 214 210 8483 or send an email david at he must org. So keep in mind. And I want to say this because I want to be careful. When I'm sharing this, this is testimony. This is personal stuff. You guys think I write all this stuff out? I don't. I write a small outline with about six or seven different lines on them to help me remember and then just tell you the story as my brain kind of remembers it. So that's kind of how I do it. Um, This is not expository teaching. My testimony is uh, uh, critical to me, but it is not critical to you. What's critical to you is Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. What's critical to you is fellowship with other Christians. What's critical to you is being in some kind of relationship, church relationship, fellowship relationship, where you can exercise the call and the requirements of Christianity to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, love your neighbor as you love yourself, and love one another, as Jesus said in John 13, 35. So, okay, saying all that, I'm just sharing with you, if the Lord can use any of this to encourage you or to, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but to motivate you or anything, great. But the intent is just to share it and see where it comes out. And where it was birthed out of is I wrote a book about this. You can get the book for free, so it's it's not a money issue or anything like that. But the idea behind this is to communicate that no matter what you go through, no matter who has hurt you, no matter how much you have hurt yourself, no matter how much the most important people in your life have hurt you, you are not done with God until God says you are done. And people do not determine who is done with God and not done with God. The Lord does. If it was up to the world, every Christian would say everything that every government and media entity would ask them to say. But it's not up to the world, is it? We do that which the Lord sets before us, whether we are young, whether we are middle-aged, or whether we are old, we do that which the Lord requires of us and we hold nothing back for it is his kingdom that we seek, his honor that we are walking towards, his blessings and favor and fellowship that we long for. We are citizens of another place. No, it's not. Nobody's saying to renounce anything. I'm simply saying your citizenship first is in the heavenly Jerusalem, is in heaven. Never forget that. That that's all of Hebrews chapter eleven. I mean, you just can't get away from that. All right. Not going to go too far deep because the next time I talk about this, we're going to break this out, and this is in the book. I'm in Colorado. And I am just almost, you know, not besides my, beside myself. You know, you get to the point where you're like going, you don't even know what to, you're trying to figure it out. And, you know, I, I, I know that the Lord is having mercy on me. His grace is sufficient. Uh, his kindness is sufficient. His, his, his wisdoms are sufficient. I'm having a hard time trying to honor this decision I made to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, trying to believe that he has a plan and a purpose. Now, since then, you're talking 35, almost 40 years. Since then, there's no question and so on and so forth in ministry, blah, 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 blah. But at that point, critical point, trying to find out, you know, is this the right thing? Is this all what the Lord wants? I'm already convinced that God's not going to wipe me out, so that's a really good start. <laughs> by the way, if God wants to wipe you out, he doesn't have to ask anybody, just just so you can know. He brought you in, he'll take you out, okay? That's how it goes, <laughs> right? So just get that settled. There's no other way to say it, okay? It's appointed unto man once to die, which means there's an appointment, okay? So I'm driving in Colorado. Some of you know this story, this part of it. I'm driving in Colorado towards Breckenridge from Silverthorne. I'm driving down this road. Snow on both sides. Church on the left side coming up. kind of Not a large church, but large enough. Can't go that fast, by the way, when you're driving down this road. And the Holy Spirit just comes into the, floods the car, floods the car, and shows me that I had a dream about driving down that exact road a few years earlier. I'm driving, and I'm like, you know how you get that deja vu kind of thingy, right? Not not like that. A thousand times more than that. And I'm like, uh, wait, the parking lot of this church is up here, right here on this spot, right here, right this road coming up right here. Sure enough, it was right there. I turned into that church and I did a U-turn and I realized the Lord had just shown me dumb, definitely idiotic, completely rebellious in too many ways, Dave, that I had been down that road before with him. And I was just floored. Remember how I said the gal at City Market, like sometimes the Lord goes before you? This was the Lord actually going before me (laughs) and then showing me, I've taken you here before. I've shown you this. And it told me, get this, for all of the rubbish, for all the stuff I've been through, for all the pain, for all the discomfort, for all the frustration, I was in his plan still. And knowing you're in the plan of God... Is just the greatest relief to any true believer. What comes next is amazing. When I share it, it'll be lots of fun to share. But still in the plan of God, you are. Even if it hurts, still in the plan. All right, the answer to the trivia question Romans. Romans is where that portion is found. I hope it was a blessing for you to hear some of this testimony. You have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then.
1: The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KWAM, DJRD Broadcasting,
0: or its sponsors.